The Johnsons get the hookup at the happiest place on earth, but VIP treatment turns Dre and the gang into first-class divas. And Zoe and Dre question their faith in the Holy Spirit. Hey, stay with us because we're going back to black with the return of the Mac Daddy. That would be Dre Johnson in the season three premiere and episode two of the Blackish After Show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, got something smooth. Yeah. Return of the Mac, yeah. Dre is the Mac Daddy, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Okay, <laughs> <he is. laughs> I'm not giving any man that credit. All right. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to season three. For the after show for Blackish. Hey, we got some new faces on the panel this season. I'm one of them. I'm your host, Stacey Newsom, and you can keep up with me on Twitter. That would be at the Stacey Newsom, T H E, of course, S T A C E Y N E W S O M. We also have another new face on the panel, my co host. Who yes, are you? I'm the other new face. I'm D'Angelo. Follow me at D'Angelo TV on Twitter. Follow me at D'Angelo on Instagram. And we got two great episodes to talk about today. I'm really excited. Oh, I am too. And by the way, guys, while you're watching and interacting, make sure you hashtag ABT. Uh, ABTV Blackish, and don't forget to like and subscribe on any of the platforms available to follow us. You can download us on iTunes, and you can watch us on Facebook, or just go to our website that is AfterBuzzTV.com. Yes, two episodes to cover today. Let's get to it. Oh, yeah. So, our premiere episode titled VIP, shot on location at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. A uh, really light and fun way to get into the new season. Got three storylines going on with Dre and the kids, hmm. Bo, Pops, and Ruby. And, of course, a shout-out to Charlie for always keeping the comedy off-kilter <laughs> on this show. So, let's start with Dre. So, D'Angelo, as always, his good intentions lead to the opposite of what he wanted to happen. He wanted to give his kids, uh, like, the, the special treatment that he never got as a kid at Disney World because his dad, you know, was too cheap or broke right. to buy him proper food at the mm-hmm. theme parks or eating, like, brown bag tuna sandwiches and stuff. What do you think about Dre's efforts? Well, I think it's interesting. Dre has an aspect of him that he's always getting humbled because he's he's he, he has these good intentions, as, mm-hmm. as you just established, but then... What what happens is, you know, it doesn't work out the way he wanted it to, and his kids aren't acting the way he wanted it to, and then they, I think kids do this, they show you what you have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't like it when you see it, you don't realize that it's because of you that it's happening, and that kind of just happened to him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really interesting. I think a lot of people experience that in life in general. You yeah. Know, you he, see something about yourself and you're like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so he sees, you know, this pretty erroneous behavior in these guys. They're, these kids are like, you know, they're skipping the lines, which is awesome. I <laughs> love the look scenes. on the yeah, faces of everybody looking at them. You know, because it it's goes true. Their heads. It's true. When you, I, I mean, I don't, I've always had to wait in line, but those couple of like those opportunities when you have to like the pass, you can jump in every front of everybody. You feel like VIP, yeah, you do first class like level type stuff. Yeah, like the red velvet rope treatment. You're like, what's <laughs> up? What's up? And so I might not be far off. That's all I'm saying. I might be. <laughs> I might pull the shades out and like, get out my face type style too. So yeah, well, let's go back to what you said. It was really interesting about how he sees himself um, in the kids as far as you know their attitudes basically is because of his success mm-hmm. you know and they've got now a sense of entitlement because you know they have access to things that he never did and they don't understand you know 
the life that he had before as far as like not being privileged at all. Yeah. And these kids are so privileged. They don't seem to have a sense of struggle. They don't have a sense of like, you know, it's just all entitlement right. to them. Well, it's interesting because the Flash, we had we had uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, his grand, his grandfather, and then uh, Ruby, uh, They in the, one of the flashbacks they gave was when he was there and he was complaining about having the tuna sandwich. And then <laughs> Ruby and them, uh, Ruby and... Uh, Ruby and his grand, his father were talking about how they felt he was so unappreciative compared to the fact that they didn't have money in that time. Right. And so it was even a gift that we even got there, got you there in the first place. Right. So it's really <laughs> interesting that you, as a kid, he was ungrateful and kind of went full circle. Like, now I got you to Disney World, but now we got you first class treatment at Disney World. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't appreciative. So it's kind of like, again... Similar to how he is, right? And I will say, you know, him and him and his wife are the reason that they both have money because she is a doctor, so she balling too. So mm-hmm. they both, you know, that they're obviously the show has really established how well off they are. Yeah, and the fact that um, they are so assimilated into. I guess a culture that Dre himself didn't experience because Dre kind of came from the hood right. and these kids are completely immersed in not the hood. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's worried that's the whole premise of the show that they're not, you know, they're losing their blackishness, you know? Mm-hmm. So this whole VIP treatment, one of the uh, the funny lines in the movie was when Dre gets mistaken for Mar- Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> the son's like, Dad, he thought you were Marshawn Lynch. And he's like, Son, it's just a flattering form of racism. How real is that? I mean, <laughs> I can I can go down a list of the amount of artists or athletes that I've been confused with. And, like who? Who? Uh, no, you know what? I'm not no, even. I I'm not. Know. Come on, come on, tell us. I mean, I got. I've gotten so many. I've gotten. It, it, just think of any athlete or rapper who's African American and has dreadlocks. I've hmm. been compared to them. Not Fetty Wap, though. <laughs> Not Fetty Wap. Not yet, but I, <laughs> hey, you never know. It could be that one person that sent me from a certain angle, you, you know? know. You, you, like, close one eye, maybe they might think, you know. Just... So I'm just saying, I can really relate to that. And I love how off the wall it was with Marshawn Lynch, who, like, looks nothing like Dre, but, like, you, you could just get so many off the wall things. So that was pretty funny. Anybody call you Terrence Trent Darby yet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that is, so I would not respond. Trent. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy wishing love or wishing well kissing the hey I know I don't know who that is <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm here guess, for you I'm guessing I might be just a couple years older than you then I don't know <laughs> how old are you 20 I am 23, 23 oh you're just six months older than me okay so anyway. <laughs> I like that there we go <laughs> alright alright so um the kids after they have their VIP treatment, okay, they've got the private tour guide showing them around. Tour guide's like, hey, you know, you only hired me for this amount of time. I'm out. Kids have a meltdown. Yeah. Now they're like regular people. They got to stand in line, you know? Talk about bougie, just spoiled. I mean, it's, 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 that was real. One, I think he was one of my favorite characters in that episode. Yes. Because he just, he showed a lot of dynamics from his, from his acting skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, it, the irony in the fact that he, um, how he closed out the conversation, right. like, uh, was because when uh, Dre had kind of kirked off on him early in the episode, yeah. he kind of just brought it full circle. He's like, I remember that. I remember that you did that. All right. Yeah. He's like, I bought you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you didn't buy me. All right. You <laughs> didn't buy me. So that was a good, that was a good little, like, uh, back and forth there. Um, so that was cool. And so kids have the meltdown because it's like, oh, we're regular people now. And um, Dre, 
he's like these kids aren't grateful these kids are so ungrateful and he's like he's he's like done with them he's like sends sends them on their way tip attention yes so meanwhile while that's happening they're having their meltdown Bo is unexpectedly having an awesome time she did not expect to she's pregnant so she can't ride you know the the big ride so she has to go hang out with Pops and Ruby she was expecting to have the worst time ever because Mm -hmm. you know that whole little thing yeah. that she and Ruby have going yeah. on but in spite of themselves these are two of the saltiest people ever <laughs> Pops and Ruby in spite of themselves they had a magical time yeah. because they couldn't help it it's Disney World it's the happiest place on earth <laughs> so even three people who generally can't stand each other find a way to enjoy themselves and I, I loved it I love how they were in denial about it they were like oh we're looking for an exit and they get on another ride yeah it exactly was, it was pretty funny it was It was like you said this episode was really fun and loose mm-hmm. and it kind of just fit that theme yeah one of my favorite scenes um, in this episode is Pops played by the wonderful Lawrence Fishburne is wearing that goofy hat with the long ears on the side and the fireworks are going off and just his face just lights up in the glow of the fireworks. And they they joked about the tuna sandwich thing. So like there's an affinity to it and I, I can relate to that like Going through a tough struggle, once you are past it, you can kind of look at it and be like, "Man, that happened! Like that's funny," and then it brings you closer to that person. It does, and it makes yeah. you appreciate that. Yeah. So after the meltdown, uh, Bo and Dre are having a conversation about you know how you know the kids don't appreciate anything. They notice the kids coming off a ride that they had to wait a long time in line for, and they realize that three of the kids, that the three kids, have actually been getting along while they were waiting. So they rediscover that they actually like being around each other. And they had an experience together that they wouldn't have had with the VIP experience because, you know, they were just breezing through the line, not really interacting with each other. And now they're forced to be together in a long line. And Bo's like, hey, you know what? They needed this time together apart from you. And then Dre, of course, takes credit for it's it's in his blood (laughs) for them having a great day after all. It's like I did do it right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was a that was a good scene. And it just brought it full circle on why he brought them there. He brought them there to be together. And, uh, you know, the underlying lesson that I took from it was, you know, money or any of these other type things that, you know, the world kind of like puts on a pedestal that might that's not necessarily the thing that brings people together, Mm -hmm. family together. It's whatever you never know what it is it's just enjoying each other's company in this case it was the fact that they were in a line for 45 minutes together so you know and being present I I got from the scenes with Bo, Pops and Ruby that you know they didn't really want to enjoy themselves but they were so present then they just couldn't help themselves Uh, so and AC AC is key. The lady persuaded them by getting them on, get them on the rise. Like it has AC. They're like, oh okay. I know exactly. Yeah. That is a Disney World struggle. If it's hot, <laughs> you look up for AC at any point at any time. So the struggle is real at Disney World, mm-hmm. guys. Struggle is real. <laughs> uh, so shout out also to uh, <laughs> to Charlie's character uh, being responsible oh, yeah, for Dre's yeah. account not knowing who Microsoft is um, I, oh Charlie I, Charlie he like has the highest customer retention at the company yeah, right not yeah. sure how that happened with him not knowing who Microsoft I, is <laughs> They, I liked what they did with him last season I ended up really enjoying him more after they took him off for a little bit because yeah. He, him and Ruby, I feel like, are always a comedic relief in the in the show. Mm-hmm, of course. So, like, now, it's season three is open and, you know, same old Charlie type stuff. But now it's kind of like, it's like, oh, like, yeah, that's Charlie. He yeah. doesn't know what Microsoft is. I know. But, I mean, he gets, he, in, in his odd way, he gets the job done. But He um, does. Yeah. He does. No boundaries this no. man has. No boundaries. None. He's sincere. Possibly a serial killer. <laughs> I think that's why he and Diane, like, Definitely have a such wor- a... a horrible father as well. <laughs> I 
right. They made that clear. <laughs> All right. So that was the premiere episode of season three. Now let's move on to episode two. And this one is titled God. And this one was a delightful but a heady episode because mm. in this one we have Zoe questioning her belief in God, which leads Dre to a, a crisis of faith himself. Uh, we got Bo's pseudo-Euro brother, Johan, <laughs> visiting, played by David Diggs, who's fresh from Hamilton on Broadway. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he comes to stay with the Johnson, and he aggravates Dre with his devout atheism, okay? Now, what I liked about this episode is that uh, it asked some hard questions, and it showed a segment of black culture that doesn't get talked about. Mm-hmm. Not every black person, despite the way it seems sometimes, believes in God, and you don't hear black atheists talked about in any arena, let alone on a major television show. So what do you think about that? I, and uh, we talked about this before, but I mean, this is what I think blackish is when they, when they, when they take episodes, they use their usual fun humor, but take these like heavier topics. Like you, th- you could think about, I could think about so many episodes from last season, but the gun violence one was a big one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the season opener for season two, when they talked about, uh, they had Jack use the N word and yeah. they discussed that. And they've had episodes talking about black church versus white church. Um, so this, I really enjoyed this episode for that reason. They're tackling a big issue, but they're using their, we're, we're still laughing at it, but like now there's a big dialogue that can come from it. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, like, uh, tackling that like issue of just like faith in the role it plays in an African-American family, mm-hmm. how it, can trickle over into the work and then also how parents may or may not be able to handle when their kid isn't falling in line with the mm-hmm. body system they're trying to shut uh, put in put in system right so we had two people questioning their faith mm-hmm. zoe and dre and then we have we have someone who never questions her faith and that's ruby mm-hmm. and then johan who doesn't believe at all <laughs> zoe's big question um was if there's a God, why do bad things happen? And that's what she's struggling with in her faith. Uh, what do you think about her struggle in this episode with that question? Well, yeah, I mean, that's real. Like, I don't know anybody. Well, for me, especially, like, I think you, you definitely come to that point in uh, area where you're, you're having those questions. I know I've, I have as a person of faith. And, mm-hmm. and those are, like, real questions that you have to ask. I think the people who are strong in the faith have tackled those tough questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really co- like realistic. It's cool. And I think that's the, the age she's at is where you start asking those type of questions. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was Dre was unable to uh, address it. He was co- kind of more like, I'm your father. Listen to me. Yeah. Which, in this house, we pray. Yeah. We, we say yeah. grace in this house. <laughs> which on the outside looking in is not the right way to handle it. Right. But yeah, I mean, I know for a fact that that is a lot of ways that that is how it's handled because sometimes you, they don't have the answer themselves because they never thought about it. Right. Which is so fascinating. You know? Well, do you think it's uh, proper and this episode sort of addressed it to impose your faith on your children? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I would say no, of course not. I mean, as a kid, like I'm just 24. So I was just I was in my mom's house <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> live with my mom and she's a strong woman of faith. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some guidelines. I'm in her house, and I have to live by her values, so I had to go to church every Sunday. Yeah. But, uh, oh, at the, yeah. There here, was no same here. Yeah, there was no there was no discussion in that. And that, um, but when it came down to what I believe and what I make make my source, that I had that was my decision. It was always going to be my decision. Yeah. So, I think no, you can't really push your you can you can give your child the groundworks mm-hmm. for what you what you want to pass down. But in the, the day when I left college. I could do whatever I wanted to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just so happened that it worked out. <laughs> yes, but you had that foundation exactly. to fall back on. And, and that's, that's what the kid, I mean, that's what the parent does. Yes, and, and that's what Dre wanted for her, to have some sort of foundation yeah. that she could turn to, you know, when she, 
when she didn't when she wouldn't have them anymore to lean on. Right. He wanted her to have. And he had to get there. The latter half of the episode, he got that. Like he was like, "I want you to just have something mm-hmm. to hold you when th- tough things are happening." And we saw what the tough situation was. For right. Her. But um, uh, I think he had to process to get there because he didn't. He that wasn't his immediate response. Yeah. You know, what I mean, so that was really interesting. Exactly. Right. So. Dre gives this beautiful rumination on why African Americans traditionally have have faith. Okay, not all African Americans, but but why right, as, right. A, as culturally, yeah, why and, traditionally and we have faith. Always goes back to slavery. It always That's goes. Back. Everything joke. goes back to the slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no brown skittles in that bag. Just like that was a uh, very funny scene. I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> so he's sitting there in the office. The, the problem was Dre took this question to the office. He's trying right. to figure it out he for always himself. Does that? And yeah, we take it to the office. They never give him good advice. Exactly. So he's telling them this, this beautiful story. It even had a voiceover. It was narrated. <laughs> and we come back to the office and they're snoozing. They out, yeah. And he realizes there's a pattern here. He looks around him and he's like, all oh, the black people are believers and all the white people are non-believers. <laughs> and he goes, this is some white. <laughs> so that, that, that was really funny to me, him going home and getting rid of all the white stuff. Yeah, you know, like the, funny. the yeah. almond milk, <laughs> the radicchio. <laughs> what else did he all get rid of? stuff yeah mm. the single serving hummus <laughs> yeah. i'm like well i eat that stuff because i didn't know that was white stuff yeah, it was funny <laughs> it was interesting um you know faith in race i know i used to always hear that sometimes that sundays could be considered the most segregated racially day of the segregated and yes. the idea when you say that is that when it comes to church you know a lot of times it's very racially because you black church you get your white church mm-hmm. your latino church it, it, it just you know breaks down and there's a lot of truth to that um so it was funny that his brain he's still in the we're, and we're watching this episode he's processing it mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out the answers too so he can you know and he's a rash guy so <laughs> I, well, let me go to my bad bad environment that gives me bad advice so yeah. I did that <laughs> it's white it's white people's fault alright we're gonna get rid of all the white stuff in the fridge right. you know, processing that he realizes alright that's probably not the best way of going about it but I like I like being able to see his thinking process because it's, it's realistic we don't always have the answer immediately it is realistic and you know what he said uh, something a quote from him he says that uh, there's a straight line from entitlement to atheism mm. what do you think about that that's a good uh, you know what I, it, it stuck with me but I didn't get the time to sit with it for a while but it's a very interesting point mm-hmm. a very interesting point um, from the standpoint of if you look at why some people go to faith mm-hmm. uh, some people go to faith because I'm letting go. It feels like we're talking. It's all church today. We going. Yeah. We going to church. Let's if you ain't realize, episode's called "Guy." We going to church. So, like, um, I feel like uh, some people go to faith for the reason of like, are there things I can't control? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going. You know what I mean? So or bad things happen. Yeah, or bad things. There's lack in my life. Yeah. So and the, the idea of entitlement is you kind of going then in the, in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it kind of becomes more about yourself. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that every atheist is like that. I don't know, but there's. That's an ep- definitely an interesting point because this episode, I mean, and I'm sure you'll get to this, this episode really pointed out the contradictions in all of the s- separate ways of believing, mm-hmm. like from a person of faith, from an atheist, from the people in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It didn't tell you how to feel. It just pointed out that this exactly. is a contradiction. Yeah. I like that as well. I yeah. like that as well. So, yes, with the entitlement thing, I think I, I think it could go either way with atheism. I, I'm not an atheist. I'm a person of faith, but I 
I, I, I was being intellectual about this as right. atheists tend to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you either get to the point where you feel like nothing is going right in your life and it's God's fault and you just cut them off and you stop believing mm-hmm. or everything's going well for you and you just don't feel the need to lean on him for anything. So you're like, I got this, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't have a spiritual life because right. you feel like. You know, everything that's going well is because of you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like the road to atheism could be, like, either way, either or. It's it's interesting. I mean, you have, I mean, we didn't even get to get to that, but there's so many different identifications. you got to have agnostic people and Mm -hmm. people who believe in God and not Christian. Like So many ways you can think about it. But, like, I think, like you said, um, at the end of the day, like, they're kind of just outlining an overall way of that some people think about it and the contradiction with that. So I I like, I really, really like that. I enjoyed it. And I enjoy when Blackish tries to do that. I do, too. Oh, and what I really liked was um, Dre and Ruby are having the conversation about, um, he says he feels like he's distant from God. Mm. And he's like, he doesn't feel like his prayer life is rich anymore. He doesn't, like, feel like God's hearing his prayers. And Ruby's like, because you're praying these genie prayers. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, you can't, God doesn't grant wishes. And then he thought about it, and it's like, oh, God, please let there be meat on this pizza. God, please let my team win. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then he he sits down to try and have an honest conversation with God. And I like how it's a conversation. It's like, come on, God. Come on, God. Really, God? Then in his mind's wandering. And I like I like how that reflects, at least for me, my prayer life yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I get so distracted by everything. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, it's very realistic. It's, it's. Uh, I don't think any. Like, I mean, there are some people. Like, I could think of some pastors who just. I mean, they have the bomb prayers. Like, but they're long winded. Yes. Like, these essays and just. I don't know. There's a lot of rhetoric with it. Uh, but you know, I feel like for an everyday person, it doesn't always work like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your prayer is strong because your emotions are in it. Yes. And it's, other times you're doing it because you feel like you need to do it. So seeing that scene was like very real because like it's never it's not it's never pitch perfect you know what I mean mm-hmm. he even I mean he even went down on his knees on the bed I don't even sometimes you know that doesn't work <laughs> out you don't get to do that you know so uh, it was that was a that was a very real scene because again just pointing out the contradiction that's all he's pointing his finger at her you need to believe in God yes but he is having his own internal mm-hmm. struggles or questions and issues yeah so it's cool it's very cool to see so now let's get to what kind of brings this full circle where we see you know what zoe's faith actually is if she actually has faith Mm -hmm. the sonogram Mm -hmm. is a family affair that seemed a little weird to me at first (laughs) i'm like why is she taking on the whole family to get a sonogram then okay for very good reason Mm -hmm. they needed that plot device to kind of like show where everyone was Mm -hmm. in their spiritual life so Bo goes to the sonogram and the doctor's having a hard time finding a heartbeat. And I'm going to tell you what, I had some real tense moments watching that. Like, mm-hmm. I got really sad. I'm like, oh, is this where they're going to go right. with this? Right. I'm not going to be a baby. And <laughs> I could just feel, like, the yeah. tension. Mm-hmm. And then the heartbeat. And then Zoe goes, thank you, God. <laughs> and Dre's like, what? What'd you say? And mm-hmm. Bo's like, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. So what do you think about that scene? So much from that scene. Um, well, one, I like Blackish can get away with that now. I don't think they could have got away with that after like season one, but like after the Hope episode with the gun violence, and it was just like a lot of serious scenes. They can kind of change the tone like that kind of quickly because mm-hmm. it was a, it was a funny episode. Um, but that scene was very serious, um, and I I believe that now from Blackish because of the precedence they've set from mm-hmm. season two. And so, like, I was like, I was, I was very engaged. Like you, when I was watching that scene, I was like, man, I wonder 
what's going to what's going to happen here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you, uh, it was very subtle, but you saw the, the facial expressions change, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even the doctor was a little nervous because no one knew what was going to happen. That was the point. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you do? What do you cling on to when you are unsure about the future? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw. In this uh, episode that Zoe decided to, you know, she clung on to God because that was the values that she was familiar with. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows if uh, uh, if Bo's brother was there, who, you know, who knows? It could have worked out a different way. So, yeah, uh, definitely a really cool scene. Um, and it was re- very interesting that they decided to bring her back in uh, with with the with the rest of the family. Yeah. What did you think about it? Well, you know what? I was, I guess I was happy that they resolved that issue in this episode because, <laughs> yeah. you know, as all, all life's problems get resolved in 30 minute sitcoms. Oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm glad they resolved that in this episode. And I'm glad that, you know, they all came to a place that they were comfortable, you know, in what they believed. Even mm-hmm. Johan at the end didn't believe in anything. <laughs> that last scene, it shows them all praying their individual prayers. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, Dre's got these really deep, sincere prayers. And, Bo's thankful, you know, the baby's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we get off into some crazy prayers and Diane's <laughs> praying. Okay, you know, Jack has to die for me to get this bedroom. I'm okay with that, God. <laughs> that, yeah, she's funny one. She's possessed. And I'm starting to think her parents think she's possessed, too. I mean, she, she can't be nowhere near the baby. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, you got to know, know your children. <laughs> and they seem okay with it. <laughs> got to love her anyway, yeah, you know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some predictions. Oh, yeah. I, I want to know what you think is going to happen. Oh, got the lights. <laughs> You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Ooh, <laughs> uh, ladies first, how about you go? Oh, no. I would like for you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was trying to deflect and let you so I could think about it. Predictions. You know, uh, very overbroad prediction, but I really want to see them continue to tackle important or interesting issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's blackish, so it's going to be racially based, which is uh, which is you know great. Um, but I I I really want to see them continue to do that. I like that they're continuing with the uh, baby. I didn't mm-hmm. know if they was going to drop that or what they were going to do yeah. with that. Um, I want to see Wanda Sykes come back. Okay, we I like I really enjoyed her mm-hmm. character. Um, and Black Nanny, where's Black Nanny? Yeah. First of all, that's Bay. I need her to be back on the show at some point. Um, <laughs> Uh, Regina Hall is that her name yes yes okay yes we got that one uh, apparently Black Nanny doesn't do laundry very well <laughs> yeah. was like, we got a little bit of comment about it but we haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen her in a lot in, in several episodes so I'm hoping to see something there and a little bit quick character development with her all right. Uh, how about yourself? What you what you got? Hmm. Gave you some time to think. Yes, <laughs> I was just buying myself some time. <laughs> so I predict. Ooh, obviously, we're going to probably see a baby this season, mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. I predict we might get to the source of Diane's evil nature. <laughs> I'm uh, at least hoping. Uh, and I hope we never find out Diane and Charlie's backstory. That is just too juicy. Oh, I don't, yeah. don't want to know the why. The ambiguity these... with that is great. Never, it is. Like, never Writers never address it. Never address it ever. <laughs> awesome. Well, wow. Our first after show. I think we of did a good job. Five. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> so we're. Oh. <laughs> Engineers think we did good. Too, I know. I guess. <laughs> well, listen, remind the audience where they can find you. Yes, I'm D'Angelo. Uh, firstly, I hope you guys enjoyed the review. Please comment on YouTube, yes. on, on our live streams, all of that. Again, my name is D'Angelo. Follow me on D'Angelo TV on Twitter. Send your questions, send your thoughts, send your critiques. I'm a, I'm a, I like honesty, all right? Send that to me on Twitter and I also at D'Angelo on Instagram. The spelling's right there. It's a little different. My mom was unique, but 
What you got for us? And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter um, at the Stacy Newsom. And yes, please make those comments. I like reading what you guys have to say, especially the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we do like good stuff. I will say that. Don't be too mean. All right, guys. <laughs> we will see you back next week for episode three of Blackish. Yeah, yeah. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.